Welcome to the next episode of Talent Talks with me, Martin Smith, founder and director of Talent Drive, specialist recruiter across the UK in procurement and supply chain. Today, we are looking at all things spend data within the procurement industry and just why this is so important to the industry. I'm delighted to be joined by the classification guru herself, Susan Walsh. So for those that don't know Susan, Susan set up her her own business just over three years ago with very much focusing on supporting clients with improving the quality of their procurement spend data. So we're going to be talking about all things in that space today. But firstly, how are you faring during lockdown? It's good to see you on Zoom today, but how are you getting on? Yeah, good to see you. Looking very nice and tanned, actually. Have you been gardening? (laughs) I've been, I, yeah, that's it's the life of recruiters trying oh, to do calls in the garden. Nice. So it's, I don't even it's have not, a garden, it's, so I'm very jealous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but actually, even if I did have a garden, I don't think I'd actually have much time to be in it because I've been very fortunate to have continued to work and be busy throughout the whole of lockdown. So I'm yeah. very, very fortunate. Yeah. That's nice to hear. I was, I was going to ask you in terms of, um, obviously, seen a lot of stuff going on on your LinkedIn, and you, we were just talking off air about all the webinars and other yeah. podcasts you've done and all that. So, really, really sort of getting the brand out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's um, that is a job in itself. You know, that's yeah. Kind of, you don't realize that that's involved when you start a business. You do it because you want to do something that you you love, and then, but yeah. then you know, I do love it, but it's also really hard work too. But it's great fun. I am having Good. so much fun. Good. So firstly, then, I, I want to ask you in terms of the classification guru, I, mean, I love it. Where, yeah. where did the name come from? So um, I was working for a spend analytics company before I started the business. And yeah. I, I knew when I was there that that I, I did have a specialist knowledge and that I, I really did feel like no, nobody knew as much about it, classification as I did. So... I I had thought I think I thought about and you know guru is one of those words that's banded around and um, I had thought about data guru but that felt too broad and could be misinterpreted uh, okay. and and there seemed to be a bit more of a data guru like website and all those kinds of things so so then I was like okay so what do I do well, I do classification so I'll be the classification guru. Mm. And I mean, since then, I found out that there's different types of classifications. So there's like file hierarchy classifications and then there's spend data classification and then there's other data classifications. So it's actually a broader um, area than I realized. But I think most people kind of know that that spend is my area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's uh, when I set up the business last year, Talent Drive. It was I think that was one of the the hardest things to come out with a name. I mean, I, yeah. I occupied far too much of my time probably to think of of names. And as you say, you go for ideas and you find out there's seven other companies that yeah. say something different or, or similar. So uh, yeah, no, no I, I like it. So kind of looking at your career then today, you know, you 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 worked in lots of different businesses, lots of different organisations, yeah. still very geared around sort of that data sort of space. So. What drew you to that specialty? Well, this is where it's very awkward because I wasn't drawn to it in any way. I had a business before this. I had a shop, a women's clothes shop, right. and racked up loads of debt. The rents and rates were just phenomenally high. And when I shut that down, I just needed a job. I had to save to go bankrupt. So I just needed any kind of work to pay my bills and save up to go bankrupt so that I didn't have all these letters and calls from people demanding money and all sorts. Yeah. And I went on to Gumtree 
and found an ad for data entry, data classification. Uh, it's nothing that I'd ever done before, but having a call with the, the owner of the business, it felt like something I could do because in my 20s, I worked um, in FMCG companies um, in sales, national accounts. So I had experience mm. of working with an organization. So I thought that I would be able to understand what they were spending money on. Yeah. Um, so started with them. Turns out I was kind of took to it quite naturally and quite quickly. And as their business grew, so did my responsibilities. I helped grow a team there, managed them. And, and then that's kind of, and then that's where that's where the love of it came from, you know. I say, did it did it come quite early the love of it, or was that something you've had to sort of have the the teething pains of of, of doing no, that? No, no, it was straight away. I I was like, oh, this is like in love this straight is like, away. Yeah, it was quite therapeutic <laughs> classifying things and giving it some order and shape and yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had no idea that these these kind of jobs even existed, and so yeah. when. When the time came where I felt like I wanted to move on, I, I didn't know where else I could get a job like that. So, mm. so that's why I thought, well, I'll just set up my own business then. And and rather than focus on the, the analytics and the dashboard part, I will focus on the bit that's the most important part, which is the data and the quality of it. Mm. So let, let's explore that then a bit further. And so what do you mean by spend data? And then I guess my so the extra question on that is how also is it categorized for you? Yeah. So spend data tends to come from from finance. So it's data um, purchases that are made by procurement um, on, for the company. I tend to work on indirect mostly okay. um, yeah. rather than um, direct, which is going into making the goods, products and services. So it tends to be a lot of spend such as legal services, accountancy fees, um, office supplies, marketing. So within that falls print, advertising, you know, facilities, cleaning services, catering. And for different companies, there's different levels of information or detail within their information. So mm. some clients, I just have a supplier name. Other clients, I have detail to the nth degree, you know, like the the computer processor number and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, way too much detail. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to find that fine balance to uh, give the client enough information. You know, I always say it's better to classify with too much than too little, because at least if you have too much, then you only need to look at level one or two, which is more uh, broad scope. But if you only start classifying at a level one and two, and then you find out you need more detail in a level three or a level four, you're then going to have to classify it again further down the line. So, mm. so I always recommend that you know you go in with more detail than needed because you can always not use it if it's there. And do you find there's more complexity in certain categories than others in terms of their spend? Oh yeah. So like MRO is always a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But imagine that's a bit of a minfield going into oh, uh, looking it's at that. One of my favourites because you can have like a hundred thousand rows of data, but actually there might be. 10 different variants of nuts, bolts, and screws in there. So you can actually classify quite a lot quite quickly. Um, and I would do that um, using keyword searches. Um, and it's also really great when you find abbreviations of things, you know, things that you know that a soft software wouldn't pick up on. So, you know, 
it'd be SCR or SCW for screw or you know now now I'm getting all geeky um but yeah there's there's lots of um yeah ways that you can pick up and classify a lot of information yeah. Yeah. pretty quickly so why why is it so important then in, in your eyes in terms of spend data i mean there's no doubt every procurement person listening to this podcast will 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 clearly be looking at data and, yeah. and, and knee deep in it at times but what why do you think it's so important then for procurement teams so, well, it's not just important to be looking at data, but it has to be accurate data. So, because yes. otherwise it can mislead you into making the wrong decisions. Yeah, so, good point. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is cost savings. And, you know, it's a lot of people spend a lot of time in their top 80% of value. But actually, there's a lot of um, opportunity within the tail as well. So, but but people don't have the time or the inclination to go through that themselves because it is literally, you know, so many rows, and it can be, you know, you can have line items of like five pounds or one pound twenty-five, and and I, there is a perception that it's not worth it. But to me, mm. I always think that yes, it's today it's tail spend. But it's not necessarily tail spend in the future. It could be one of your biggest suppliers down the line. So, you know, get it yeah. right now and you're saving yourself some more time down the line. Uh, and that's another thing about classification is, you know, it will save you time because you'll be able to uh, fish out the the information that you're looking for a lot quicker. So, for example, I don't know, your your boss comes to you and says, all right, how many suppliers do we have in IT? And you'll be like, you might think you know. So if you've got unclassified data, it's probably unnormalized as well. So mm -hmm. you might think you have 100 suppliers, but when it's normalized and classified, you might find that there's only 60 suppliers there because you've got multiples or there's been things in the wrong categories or, you know, for whatever reason. So it's it gives you a, a true picture, um, which means you can negotiate better rates with suppliers potentially if you're using more than you realize yeah. um you know you can ensure contract compliance um you know you can monitor pricing mm. you know there's loads of examples where especially within government where they're buying items through contract that are overpriced that you could get for half the price in a store off on the high street so or you know maybe the the supplier has accidentally charged you the wrong price but you know who's monitoring that you know it's Unless you have that that categorized, it's going to be very hard to to find that information. And is there a different level of detail per industry that you've you you'll kind of dive deeper, or uh, is that sort of across yeah. the board? What would you typically think, say? Yeah, so certainly things like healthcare and laboratory, you you tend to have a lot of detail because there are just so many products. There's chemicals yeah, sure. there's instruments there's equipment there's maintenance you know healthcare there's like, like exactly the same whereas um in manufacturing you know you, you might have you know ingredients mro um but then something like um i'm just about with a charity that's probably yeah. not so so much um difference in products it's probably lots of the same thing yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and from your point of view, clearly the last few you know few months has been challenging for everyone and every business. Obviously, great news that you've you've been even busier than ever with uh, with, yeah. with supporting businesses. But how are you seeing sort of procurement change then? And 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 what do you see in terms of in the future of the procurement industry? What are you seeing? Yeah, it's it's funny actually because I literally sat in February with my friend in a coffee shop in Waitrose. Um, right. 
because I'd had my second kind of two month lull of of hardly any work, and I sat there and said to okay. her, "I don't know how much longer I can keep going. Really? I've not got much money left. I don't know what I'm going to do." Um, so although I haven't suffered because of COVID, I've definitely had some really tough times over the last year. So I really appreciate yeah. um, kind of how tough it's been for a lot of people. But um, I found with procurement, everyone is so busy. It doesn't matter what industry they're in. They're just firefighting to either save their business or get as much PPE out as possible. Yeah. So I've I've just backed off um and and let them kind of do what they need to do so that they can come to me when they they need something, um I but then you know in in other areas that it may have quietened down a little bit and they've actually got time to focus on spend or they're in the middle of a project and they need some help, so mm. there is a bit of a mix I think I think this is the quiet time I think the dust is yet to settle and when it does. I think that's when people will start looking at how can we save more money? How can we reduce cost? You know, why are we using 50 suppliers when we only need like two or three? And, and all that will start to come through because I I can't really see many people going back to the office this year, to be honest. No. So I think once maybe maybe even it's going to be a bit weird over the summer while the kids are off but once maybe schools start that's when people will really start to like focus again on on the business and right this is our new normal we've got to start making some real decisions here you know oh i need to know this so how am i going to find this information out yeah I, I, I absolutely and I've, I've spoken this a few times on the podcast about I think one of the huge positives to come out of of, of the last few months is flexible working I, I, I don't see any business can, oh, can turn around yeah. and credibly say it's a Monday to Friday sort of in the office job anymore yeah. I think we've, we've all embraced technology wonderfully well and I know all the procurement teams that I talk to have set up remotely yeah. um, and although you know with homeschooling and the challenge that people have as being parents and families and yeah. but I, I've been really impressed with how the industry have really sort of embraced it and and I think for me from a recruitment point of view you know it helps obviously and hopefully be able to stimulate the market a little bit more when things do pick up because people can sort of actually be based down in you know in, in Sussex somewhere yeah. and actually they can probably credibly do a role up in the Midlands you know potentially yeah. if it's only a day or two a week and hopefully with the train lines picking up again and stuff you know it, it, yeah. it will allow more movement of work yeah. as um, as we sort of pick because, up again. You know, there are some really great people who are not based in the cities or near the cities that could do the job. Exactly. But- yeah. You know, I've been working from home for eight years now. So for full time. Uh, do you ever have an office or you've nope, you, home been I've your base? I've worked from home um, wow. okay. just in my wee flat. And, you know, actually, since lockdown, I have never been busier with video calls because before this, it used to be voice calls. People, very mm. few people did video calls and I would get caught out like quite a few times when I was in my pyjamas or something. I was like, oh, oh I, can't, I, can't, I can't do my camera today. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've yeah. done that a few times. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's probably the worst part about lockdown is less pyjama days. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm connecting with people in the States that I would never get to have a coffee with normally. And, yeah. you know, you, you're saving time traveling to meetings or events or, you know, you can get more done 
I feel that's really helped your business. So from an outsider looking in, and obviously we're, we're connected and we've spoken many yeah. times, but I, I think looking in, you, you talked about that sort of February coffee shop conversation with your, you know, with a friend kind of going, not sure what the the, the, the longevity of my business is. And, and now you're in a position where, you know, what, what's been the change? Because we talk about personal branding. The last podcast, we talked about personal yeah. branding. And you've certainly seems that there's been a real change of momentum from your point of view, really getting your name yeah. out there. Is that something that's really helped you the so last few months? It's, it's a couple of things. So mm. um, until March last year, I was also temping, contracting, just trying to supplement my income. Yes. Um, okay. And I made the decision to go full time on the business last year. I thought this is this is it. This is my last chance. So then I started doing videos, and the only reason I started doing videos was I found it really hard to explain to people what I did, even within procurement. Right, okay. So I thought if I do a video, then that might make it a bit easier, and people loved it. So then I started doing like what is a taxonomy, and what is this, and what is that, and. Okay, um, yeah. And it kind of started from there. And I think, you know, I was struggling um, for a while as to what my message was, um, who I should be targeting, what I should be saying. Um, and I, was, I think I was trying to be a bit of everything to everyone. Um, right, so okay. I got a coach in the summer last year and she's helped me really kind of focus in on, on you know, what I'm good at, what my skills are. And then, and then I just started having a little bit of fun on LinkedIn with my posts, and and that seemed to go down really well because yeah yeah I, I you know when I one thing that I always felt when I was working um for companies was that I couldn't really be myself because I'm not corporate you know slightly inappropriate jokes and like a bit of fun and you know pink stuff you know I'm talking to you now and I've got pink yeah, spangles love, in the background yeah for those who can't see it's the lovely pink curtain uh, behind yeah. Susan on the podcast so, so yeah I'll, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> Um, you know, I I really got to start being me and actually with the co- help of my coach being comfortable being me as well and not apologetic yeah. for it or and appreciating actually because for me, like data classification is the easiest thing in the world and I'm just, and I don't really appreciate that for most people it's not easy. Mm. Um, you know, but I think almost saying that itself, I think is really refreshing. It, it's, it's honest, it's, yeah. as you say, it's personable, but you know, I talk about a lot again, you know, authentic, it's being authentic in yourself. And, and, and that's what certainly comes across. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's really, well, so, you know, seems really help about, you. Yeah, I talk about everything, you know, I talk about my mm. field shop, you know, I openly talk about my bankruptcy. There's not much, you know, I, I lost some hair through stress last year, I talked about that as well, you know, it was like I had a big bug patch in my head. And then at the same time, you know, I dye my hair pink and do stupid things and share that with people. So they get to see every side of me. Um, mm. And I think, you know, that is a bit different and, and they do like it. But at the same time, I'm also sharing some really valuable insights. So the the thing that I've noticed is that there's a huge gap between, say, procurement and IT or IT and sales or IT and the rest of the business. And you know, the people that I'm dealing with are not technical people. They need technical things done, but they don't really necessarily know how to express that. And so I feel like I'm kind of bridging that gap between the technical world and and the corporate world Um, Mm. and making, trying to make the corporate world understand how important data is without talking about data. 
that makes sense. Do you think a lot of companies are still in that sort of fence of not understanding how important it is or not really understanding what you can achieve off I the think, back of that? Or? Uh, ground level, absolutely. You know, I really? speak to procurement people all the time who, who see the value in what I do. Um, but then further up the chain, you know, you have maybe say uh, they've got a relationship with bigger consultancies or um, they just see it as a cost. Whereas, I, I, you know, I say data is an investment. You know, you are saving mm. so much time and money down the line. And it's not just procurement. It's implementing IT systems. You know, nobody thinks about cleansing the data first, but it's so important. You know, people wouldn't use the software if it's if the data's wrong, they'll say it doesn't work, you know, then mm. you have to spend a fortune fixing that, you know, and that, that comes Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Procurement. As you say, it, yeah, that's the thing that you were saying earlier, and I know you talk about a lot on, on your own social media, it's, it's the the integrity and the accuracy of the data. It's not yeah. just data, It's because if, you, if you've got poor data, you know, you're unpicking it for months, years, well, potentially. You know, I, I yeah. know for a fact that procurement people or, or organisations will be offered free classification services if they buy something else or, you know, use our services. Um, and, you know, while that sounds appealing, it's it's a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sticking a plaster over something. It's not actually making it better. Um, yeah. And I think that's something else is, like, I think data classification is always shoved in to someone else's job. Like, so it's either a data analyst or... You know, mm. someone in procurement who could do it, you know, just, just yeah, give it to them. Yeah, sort of procurement analyst or someone, yeah. But, mm. but actually, you know, I've been doing this for eight years. And when I had a team, you know, training people up who had never worked in data classification before would be three to six months for the basics. Um, mm. And then a good 12 months before I would say I'd be fully comfortable and not having to check their work and I could trust it. So, mm. you know, it's a specialized skill. And, and I don't in, think people in, appreciate that so much. No, I I I, I think that's a, a really valid point. And I, I've I've certainly seen it with some of the businesses that I've supported. It's kind of been swept into sometimes in automation. Um yeah. oh, and, yeah. and, and and that's um well let's maybe talk about let's maybe talk about that then now. Because that's you know, we're seeing the rise in AI and robotics and, yeah. and automation and we, we we've talked about it on the podcast before. But what are you seeing in that world? Because clearly that's gonna have an impact in what you do and you know, yeah. how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace. So I would say that, you know, I am not anti-automation. I think there are some great uses for it, particularly in RPA, you know, scanning contracts and pulling that information out, you know, much more accurately and faster than a human could. Um, and that's sure. fantastic. Um, even simple tasks, you know, automation is great. But when it comes to things like data classification, there's context involved and it's very subjective. So it's not a, a black and white answer. You know, there could be uh, maybe one of two or three different right answers. And so I think that's where, you know, automation really struggles. And I think we're a few years off getting there yet with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I always say, you know, I'm with my clients, I'm I'm the bit, you know, I always want to hand their data back to them so that they can manage it within their organization. You know, I don't want them to give it to me to manage for years. You know, I want to get it right and then kind of like, you know, train them up and, and get them off and using it. And, and that could be using automation, but you have to make sure that the data that it's learning from is 100% accurate. Mm. Otherwise, you're just reading bad information. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And 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 maybe there might be a twelve month follow up to make sure it's been implemented and you know oh, you still maintaining your data like monthly or quarterly. No, 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 I meant you personally oh, going right. whack oh, yeah. onto the clients. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. don't mean just leave it in the corner for twelve months. No, God, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but in terms of uh, in terms of yourself, I mean, with your clients, you might want yeah. to refresh it again. And yeah, yeah. But okay. you know, it is like um, I guess that you know taking getting them to training them to ride a bike and then you know. I take the stabilizers off and off they go, you know, and they should be able to just go themselves. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. And in terms of sort of the, the, the future of, of, of the procurement industry and, 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 and indeed the industry that, you know, particularly you work in, where, where, where do you see that sort of going in the next few years? So within procurement, I think because PPE has brought procurement to the fore, like everybody knows what procurement is now. And I don't think that yeah. was the case yeah. before. Um, and you know, even for me um, at uni, you know, procurement wasn't a career choice. That wasn't even a word, I don't think. Mm. But that was twenty years ago. What did you study? What did you study at uni? Oh, uh, commerce. Okay. Yeah, degree in commerce, nice and vague, because I didn't know what yeah. I wanted to do. So I thought, oh, that yeah. would be nice. And, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I'm sure I'll figure it out in the four years I'm at uni, but <laughs> I never did. Um, well, I did sports science, so nothing to do with this at oh, all. Wow. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a, a much bigger spotlight shining on the whole profession. Yeah. And I think internally within organizations, it'll probably possibly be a bit more scrutinized now. You know, we might have okay. been left in the corner to kind of just get on with it before, but, you know, maybe they'll be more involved. Um, I hear quite a mm. lot that procurement don't get a seat at the table when it comes to decision making and things like that. So I would hope that that might change. Um, yeah. Which would then, you know, again, for me, you know, I struggle to to get my services signed off by the, the budget holders and the decision makers because they don't see the value. So by having procurement people at the table, they yeah. can fight the corner of good data. Yeah. Um, within the wider data world, it's again, it's data quality is a huge, huge issue. Um, you know, it's not just sitting within procurement that is an issue. It's much broader than that. And I think, again, it's, you know, it's, it should be treated more as a specialised area rather than mm. just tagged on to someone else's job. Yeah, which I think is one of the challenges. And, and hopefully there, there should be a, a step change. But no, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, but, you know, mm. I think when I started three years ago, um, you know, Data quality was more of a nice idea. It's like, oh, that's a that's a good idea for a company, you know. Oh yeah. Um, whereas, like everybody's talking about it now, it, it's changed yeah. a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah. And what's the, what does the future hold for uh, the classification guru then? Well, I mean, you know, who knows? Um, you know, I'm on an upward uh, trend. Uh, you know, I I really did genuinely start this business just to to do what I loved and pay my bills. So if I can get to the point where I can pay my bills without worrying where my next job is coming from that would be great that's um, the dream so on right the way yeah. To that. Um, yeah. but ultimately you know I want to have a UK-based onshore uh, data team that people can come to and and yes you will have to pay a bit more because it's a UK-based team but the quality will be much superior and mm. you will have less issues with the data in the long run so so yeah. that would be my plan Brilliant. Well, uh, I, I I wish you all the success in the world with that. Thank, um, you. thank you so much for for joining us. You know, I love the energy, the enthusiasm. You you come across very down to earth, which I think will really resonate with 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 everyone across the yeah, profession hopefully. at the moment. And I think you've positioned yourself really well in the market. 
focusing on your specialty, you know, being authentic when you do that, which I think is great. So look, thank you again for joining me today. And um, I wish you all the best and hopefully catch up again soon. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks, Susan. As always, the Talent Talks podcast is free to download on Spotify, iTunes, and our website, talentdrive.co.uk, alongside all of our previous episodes. Please join us next time, where we're joined by the host and founder of the World of Procurement podcast, Daniel Barnes. Looking forward to that one. But until then, stay safe and see you soon.